Very good. <laughs> Great to have you here tonight. And uh, I just want to say tonight we are not doing church. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord and the Saviour. And uh, He's the Lord of every heart here tonight. He's the Lord of your heart. He's the Lord of my heart. And tonight, the Father wants to reveal Him to us. Tonight, by uh, the Holy Spirit, the Father wants to reveal to us who Jesus is. And I believe tonight, Jesus is calling some of us, in fact, I think all of us, to continue to humble ourselves before Him, to submit to His Lordship and to know His greatness Know this greatness that we've just been singing about. Uh, we're getting some props here. How good is this prop? This is a big prop. This is the biggest prop I've ever had when I've uh, done a sermon. So that's pretty cool. We're in this new series in Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah is a prophet from the Old Testament. And he's speaking to the southern kingdom of Israel called Judah. And we're going to explore that over the next few weeks. Tonight, we're going to go straight to Jeremiah 17. Uh, there's a fair bit of text here, so we're just going to jump straight to it. Here we go. Jeremiah 17, verse 1. Judah, that's the nation, Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. Even their children remember their altars and Asherah poles beside the spreading trees and on the high hills. My mountain in the land and your wealth and all your treasures I will give away as plunder together with your high places because of sin throughout your country. Through your own fault, you will lose the inheritance I gave you. I will enslave you to your enemies in a land that you do not know for you have kindled my anger and it will burn forever. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream, it does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. This here in chapter 17 is not a bad summary of Jeremiah's whole task, his whole vocation, and not a bad summary of what he's speaking into. Judah, uh, the southern kingdom, like the northern kingdom, Israel, have forsaken God. Jeremiah 11.10 says, They have returned to the sins of their ancestors who refused to listen to my words. They have followed other gods to serve them. Both Israel and Judah have broken the covenant I made with their ancestors. This nation are people whom God calls his children and they have forsaken him, their father, and instead have begun to worship created things. Jeremiah 2.27, they say to wood, you are my father, and to stone, you gave me birth. Crazy stuff really when you think about it, they're worshiping created things. And so Jeremiah is given this task by God to say, turn back to the living God. Stop worshiping the created things. It's time to repent, to turn, to trust God. Jeremiah 3.12, go proclaim this message towards the north. Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry with you forever. Only acknowledge your guilt you have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have scattered your favours to foreign gods under every spreading tree and have not obeyed me, declares the Lord. Return, faithless people, for I am your husband. I will choose you, one from a town and two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. Jeremiah calls them to repent and he says, if you do not repent, God is going to hand you over to 
your own choices. There's a devastation coming in the form of another nation who will come in and take Judah's land, take their possessions, displace them from the the inheritance that God had given them, cut them off from the temple, the presence of God. They will become unaware of the goodness of God. This is what's happening. And in this chapter that we read tonight, Jeremiah gives us this beautiful analogy to help us understand what is happening. It's an analogy of two plants. So tonight you're gonna get a lesson in uh, horticulture from me. And I have a wide, large, deep experience with horticulture with my four indoor plants in my apartment that my wife usually waters. So this is gonna be good. Jeremiah gives the analogy of two plants. The first plant he actually calls a bush. It's not even a tree. I don't know whether you'd call that a bush or a tree. I thought it would have been easy to say two trees, but Jeremiah says the first is a bush. This first plant is cursed. Its existence is like being in a stony wasteland. Its existence is a burden. It's painful. It's devoid of growth and fullness. In fact, we read that even when it's raining, even when the prosperity comes, this plant takes in no sustenance, Jeremiah 17, 6. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. Why doesn't it take in water even when it rains? Because this plant believes that it has everything within itself to sustain itself. This plant has turned inward to look for sustenance. It believes that it has in itself as a plant what it needs to flourish and grow and be strong and live. Jeremiah 17, five, cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh. Can you imagine a bush, a plant, sending roots into itself to find life? Can you imagine a tree sending roots into itself to get sustenance, you would call that plant cursed, wouldn't you? It's cursed. It's not gonna get anything. There's no sustenance within itself. It it needs something from outside of itself. Notice here as well, Jeremiah says, the bush doesn't cease to exist as much as it probably wants to cease to exist. It doesn't stop. It just dwells in an unbearable existence, such a painful life without a source of life. Jeremiah says, this is Israel. They've turned their hearts away from the Lord. They are trusting in themselves, in the gods that their minds and their hands have dreamt up and it's leading to devastation in their lives as individuals, as a nation amongst the nations around them, it's leading in fact to a judgment which is coming where they will be completely extracted from the thing that God had given them. Jeremiah 12, seven says, I will forsake my house, abandon my inheritance. I will give the one I love into the hands of her enemies. God will not let them be deceived. You see, they were still coming to the temple. They were still offering burnt offerings and saying, yes, we worship Yahweh. Yes, he's our God, et cetera, et cetera. God will not let them be deceived. They are paying him lip service, but they are actually turned away from him. And so he is going to give them over further to the work of their own hands. Their existence will only become harder and more burdensome. And I believe that tonight there are some people, some of us here in this room tonight, and we would describe this as our existence right now. You feel like life is a burden. You're struggling to to get to the end of the day. You're struggling to get up the next day. You're thinking, what is life even about? I'm existing, but I'm not living. There's pain always in your heart. You live in this constant sense of depression and weight of your existence. And you look at everyone around you and you think they have life, but I'd, and, and you know inside that you do not have it. 
You're like this plant in a wasteland. I want to tell you, God does not judge you here tonight. He wants to give you life. He wants to make you like the blessed tree, the second plant. This tree, its existence is strong and full and powerful and weighty. It is living. This tree is not looking inward to sustain itself. It's looking outward. It sends its roots out. It extends itself beyond itself in faith. And as it does so, I don't know whether you, I don't know whether this is right horticulturally. Do roots even know where they're going? Okay, they do. They send themselves out just in search, in search of some sort of sustenance of life. And lo and behold, this plant, Jeremiah says, find that it's right next to a stream, a source of life. It taps into the stream and receives nourishment and the vitality that it needs. And so it can can grow some more roots and send some more roots out to find more sustenance from that stream, from that river. It is tapped into the stream so much so that it doesn't fear when, when when the prosperity dries up, when the rains go away, when there's a drought, apparently it's not anxious, it's not stressed, it's not fearful. It has what it needs. It continues to flourish in drought, in the test. Forgot to give it to them, but I I had this image in the Afghani desert of this dry desert and there's this stream of water and all these trees along the bank of this stream just flourishing in the middle of this desert. It was an incredible photo. This is the man, this is the woman, this is the child who trusts in God, who believes that God is their life. My life is not my life, God is my life. This is uh, what Jeremiah was inviting Judah to be. This was the invitation, it was on offer. (laughs) This is the invitation that's on offer tonight, not tonight. This is the invitation that's on offer this week and and next week and next month and next year and next decade for us. To be trees that are, are tapped into a source of life. Two plants, Jeremiah says, both are hungry, both are thirsting. One is prideful, thinks Life is within itself, looks inwards and finds death. One is humble, looks outward from itself and finds life. John 4, 31 to 34. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, Jesus, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him in food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I wanna ask us here tonight, what do we really believe that we need? What are you gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say, this week I need this? What is that thing? Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say, I need coffee. That's fair enough. Just leave that one to one side for a sec. Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say, what I need is to find this or that kind of person for a marriage relationship. Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say, what I need is for this colleague at work to stop being so aggravating, so annoying towards me. Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say what I need is a new job, in fact. Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say what I need is just a holiday, just a holiday at least. Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say what I need is for the housing market to cool down. Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say what I need is, is for my family to be reconciled. That's what I need. 
Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say, what I need is for my spouse or my child to start doing this or that, to start doing their fair share, to stop doing that thing that they do. Some of us are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and say, what I really need is more confidence, to be able to talk to people better, to make more connections. These are all the things that we feel we need, that we must have. We think that if we do not have these things, we will, we will be dead, we will be like this plant. But we don't realize all the while as we go seeking after things, we are looking inward for our life. We are defining life on our terms, what we think life to be. Jesus Christ comes from the Father. This is incredible. Isn't this the most incredible thing? The invisible God, someone has come from him to us. The gulf between us and this invisible God that we, we don't see or perceive, someone has bridged that gulf. He's shown us who he is, who this God is. His name is Jesus. He came from the Father full of grace, of tr- full of grace and truth and he's the son of man. He is the head of every one of us. He's the image of what every man and what every woman has been created to be, how we were designed. He shows us what we need to be alive, to flourish. Just as the tree needs water, Jesus, the true image of man, shows us that humanity's need is God himself. We are created for God. I know we need food and we need water and we need lots of other things. And that's what you think in your head. I need all these other things. And you know what Jesus says? You need one thing. Seek first Him and His kingdom. You know why? Because as we seek Him, His responsibility is to care for us. As, as we make Him our life, He actually looks after us. All those things that we think we need, he, he takes care of. He says, don't worry for them. Don't think you need them. Set your eyes to me to do my will. Seek me. Jesus witnessed to this even unto death. Can you believe this? Jesus knows his, his very body is about to be hung on a cross And even at that point, he says, I don't need that. I need to do my Father's will. I need to seek God. He is my life. I am his. Jesus proclaims that there is no goodness, that there is no life, however much we think it, however much we're thinking it here tonight. There is no life outside of God for us. Doing the will of the Father. I've got a, a one-year-old daughter and uh, she's getting up earlier and earlier at the moment. But uh, as she gets up, we'll, we'll head into the kitchen, we'll start to make some breakfast. And uh, she started doing this thing where I head to the cupboard and I get the things out of the cupboard for my breakfast and she'll head to the cupboard and start pulling things out of the cupboard. You know, the food that's in there, it's really awesome. Uh, we have a great time together early in the morning. And, uh, and so... She's getting over to the, yeah, she's getting to the age where she crawls over and pulls this stuff out. Now, she's not this age yet, but I just want you to imagine if Audrey has a child, and I'm sure she will at some point, she'll go over to the pantry and she'll pull breakfast out for herself and she'll start to eat this food. And just imagine that when she does that, she takes that food and she just thinks, well, well, I need to look after myself. I'm gonna go to the pantry. I'm gonna take care of myself, take care of my needs. This is what I need. So I'm gonna go and do it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, just as a child, as a three-year-old. Imagine if she, she had that mentality. Not only is she deceived because the food doesn't just show up in the pantry, you know what I mean? Like my wife and I, we buy it and we put it there. So it would be absurd for her to go to the pantry and say, oh, thank goodness there's food here that I can sort of get a hold of. Not only would she be deceived, but the key thing is that she would miss out on knowing her father of knowing the goodness of her father. She would miss out on knowing that I want to give her food. 
that I love her, I cherish her, and I actually wanna pour out blessing into her life. If she just goes to the pantry and say, well, I've gotta look after, I've gotta get it for myself, you know what I mean? I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna head there, and gee, I'm glad there's some food here. Isn't it, isn't it great that, that this has sort of shown up here where I am? She misses on knowing my heart towards her. And the reason why that's also problematic is because my goal as a parent is to give my heart to my daughter. My goal as a disciple of Christ is to take on the father's heart and then, then my encouragement to my daughter is, is for her to take on the father's heart as I parent her, sort of through me. So not only if she sort of trusts herself, does she, does she miss out on knowing my heart towards her, but she also can't take on that heart. There will be no sense of her saying, wow, how good is my dad? I'm gonna go and provide for others. I'm gonna go and buy others some food. Look how generous he's been to me. How can I not be generous towards others? This is what happens when we do not look for life in God. When we do not trust Him, when we lean away from Him, the problem is not that you know, we'll miss out on this particular opportunity in the workplace or anything like that. Like God's not, the, the problem is that we miss out on God Himself. That is what we are created for. God is not a God that's a genie in the box that just solves our problems. That's not why He's calling us to lean into Him. He's calling us to lean in so that we would see Him, see Him and take on His heart. That is what we need. Because in God is all goodness, is all beauty, is all perfection, is all joy. All of it is in Him. And so we need it in us. The problem that Judah have here as they're a dried up plant is that they don't in this state know that they need God. They actually think they need other things. And maybe you feel the same here tonight. You know, as I ran through that list and you thought about tomorrow morning as you wake up, you thought, oh, God's definitely probably not even in the top five of, of things that I think that I need, feel that I need in my life. The Spirit of God, the nature of God, His heart is something that we don't know that we're missing out on. We don't know how much we need it until we actually have it. It's kind of like when you wake up, you don't realize you are sleeping until you are awake and then you reckon, oh, I was actually asleep. When you come into the light, you don't actually realize you're in darkness until you come into the light and then you think, oh, I was in darkness. This is why Jesus came from the Father. Listen to this, John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus comes to show us the true source and the source that you and I are created for. Jesus came and proclaimed what we didn't know. We didn't know that we needed God. And Jesus from the Father comes in and says, He is what you need. This is your essential need. All those other things that you think you need, you don't actually need them. You need Him. You need to know Him. You need to know the God that is complete goodness and perfection. Without Him, you will be like a dried up shrub in a wasteland and your very existence will become a burden and it will become a chore. And so if you're here tonight and, and you're feeling like your life is so hard, so burdened, but right now you're thinking, well, I don't think I need God. It's very simple. We believe in Jesus. What did Jesus say? We need God. What do we think? We don't need God. We believe in Him. This is what faith is. To leave where we are and trusting ourselves and what we think we need and believe on Jesus. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, leave themselves, what I think is, is what I need, what I think is good, what I think I need to go and get this week, leave, leave yourself, deny yourselves, 
take up your cross. In other words, believe that the Father is your life following me. All these thoughts come come in on our mind right now, even in this moment as you're hearing this. You're thinking, but hang on, what, what if that doesn't happen? That, that exam or, or that, that social situation that you're thinking about, but if I trust God, what about, what about that? I can't live without this or that. This is the darkness that we are in. This is the deception of the enemy. Jesus' call, he is calling you tonight, me tonight, leave yourself Believe in me. Believe that what you need is God. And as you do that, as you do that, you will come to see that he is what you've always needed. You'll come out of darkness and into light. You know, Jesus, he came proclaiming one thing, repent, turn, same, same message as Jeremiah, the kingdom of God is near. See this, this bush here, it's in the wasteland, it's, existence is a burden so hard so painful your life right now might be so painful and God sympathizes with that he he hates seeing you in that pain he hates seeing your your existence be a burden and and so you're like this tree here tonight did you know you are planted next to a stream you are the kingdom of God is near you don't have to go to to the Middle East, you don't need to change your job, you don't need to get a family, new family situation. The kingdom of God is near. In fact, we read in the New Testament that, that it's in your midst, it's within you. The stream is right next to you tonight. Whoever you are, whatever your existence is tonight, all you need to do is to turn. How do you do that? I've got a quote here. You can begin at once to be a disciple of the living one, that's Jesus, by obeying him in the first thing you can think of in which you are not currently obeying him. We must learn to obey him in everything and so must begin somewhere. Let it be at once and in the very next thing that lies at our door. might not come to mind immediately for you. And so I'm gonna actually give you an opportunity tonight to do something, to express faith. In one sense, it's notional, but it might be significant. And my encouragement is if you respond in this way, all you're doing is you're, you're stepping into the form, which is to continue to obey. In all the distance that we see between us and Jesus, to, to move to where he is, to follow him, And the thing that I wanna invite you to to do tonight, we're gonna sing that song we sung before, Shout to the Lord, is to just come to the front. Super simple, in some senses notional, but I think it'll be very significant if it's an expression of faith, of leaving yourself and what you think you need and saying, God, I don't think I need you, but I wanna find out if I do. And I believe that as you do that, as you make that expression of faith, there will be a flood of other things because the Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit will come and invade your heart and there will be a flood of things where you say, I need to obey Jesus in this and in this and in this and in this and you will begin to tap the river. Your life will gain strength. You won't wake up thinking, what is my life about? You know what you'll wake up thinking? I need God. (laughs) And today I need to obey Jesus. I need to seek Jesus. Today I need to leave myself and what I think I need to do today and what I wanna trust and the things that I want and the things that the world is telling me and I need to obey Him, conform myself to Him. This is the invitation tonight. As the team come back up, I believe that there are people who are living in this place and I wanna tell you God's heart is breaking for you tonight. My heart was breaking for you in the worship. Come on, there is fullness for you. You don't have to do anything. Just turn, just turn to the living God. I know you can't see him, 
I know that, but there's one who has come from him to us. And, and Jesus just says, follow me, just leave yourself just for a moment. Give me an inch and I'll take the whole yard. And I believe that there is people here tonight and you're feeling that weight. Maybe you've been in and around church for a long time and you say, oh, but I've kind of been here. Why aren't I? Surely I've got it by now. But internally, you know, there's still a lack of life. Jesus is calling tonight. There's no condemnation. There is zero condemnation. I, want, I just want you to hear that. God does not condemn you. He is 120% for you. There's no one more for you than God. I just want to say that. You know, all the people who are for you in your life, who are encouraging you, you whoever it is, your parents, your friends, I want to tell you, God is more for you than they are. I know it's hard to believe, but He is. So you can trust Him tonight. You can. We can. And the, the other response, for people, you've been doing this, you've been tapping yourself into the river, you've been, oh, I, I want to leave myself, you've been leaving things of the past that you thought you needed to trust, that you needed, and you've been throwing yourself on Jesus, and you've been experiencing that life. These are the other words that Jesus says, for whoever has will be given more. Wow. And they will have an abundance. That is incredible. As you tap the river, as you draw life from God, you know what, you grow and you flourish, you have more ability to send out more roots, tap the river more. Draw more, tap the river more. So much so that, that you will be like Christ who in the place of the desert on the cross is crying out, my God, my God. Incredible. This is the promise He has for us. And so if you're someone here tonight and you've been on the journey of saying yes, of throwing yourself on Christ, I want you to come forward as well and say, I want more. I want more of you, Christ. I want more of your heart, more of your spirit, more of your goodness to be the goodness of my heart. So Father, we look to you now. We look to you with the eyes of faith, with the eyes of our heart. Just being aware today, Lord, that, you know, in those places of difficulty in our life, it, it can feel very hard to trust you. It, it almost seems like we can't do it. And that's why we need to leave ourselves believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just pray, Father, as you're speaking to hearts now, as you're drawing people unto yourself, and they're saying, no, I don't need God, or I don't think I need God. Lord, I just pray that you might find some people, some of us here tonight who are saying, oh, I need to turn to Him. I need to turn to Him. I need fresh strength. I need fresh power to, to just be alive. I've felt this, Lord, over the last couple of weeks. We just need you every day. We need you every minute of every day. Father, this is, this is our true calling. I know that the world will say, this is what we need. Look to the right, look to the left. You need this career, you need the house, you need the the spouse, you need the experience. Jesus, the light of the world, came and said, what we need is God. What we need is you, Father. So I pray, Lord, for people who are in that burdensome existence tonight, Lord, they wouldn't wait another day to step into the life and the fullness that you have for them. As they trust not themselves, as they trust you, turn from looking inward and turn outward to you, the living God. Father, we bless your name tonight. You are the blessed one. You are the blessed one. It's only in you that we find our blessing. I just 
we just say Paul's words in fact. I count everything else as a loss. It all is garbage that I may be found in Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna stand, sing that song and I just encourage you, whoever you are tonight, whatever your name is, whatever your story is, come on, let's respond. If we don't feel like we need God tonight, that's okay. Cry out to Him and say, God, show me how much I need you every day, every hour. Let's do that together. Come forward as well. If you wanna make an intentional response tonight to leave yourself, put yourself on Jesus. We'll make sure you come forward to do that.
Thank you, great God. We just worship and honour and praise you tonight. We praise you tonight, great God. You know, it's interesting, I was just reading today actually, and I, I it was just in Romans 10, and it says this, and I think it's probably significant for some people here tonight, and particularly I just sense actually for those that are watching online. I was reading through Romans 10 and verse 8 going on from there. It says, but what does it say? The Word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. And Paul goes on to write this in verse 9. He says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, it says you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I'm not sure if I've seen this before, but it goes on to say, and as Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. I just think that's significant for some of you here tonight. I, I knew that there's something powerful about that profession of faith, but for some of you, you need to profess that tonight. And it may be one of you online that's watching you, you've heard the message tonight very clearly and there's something in your life that you know deep down, it's just not right. And you know you need something more. I just sensed even as I was listening to it, for some of you, you've woken up in the morning and said, I need a new life. And it says tonight, if you believe in your heart and you profess with your mouth, then you can have a new life tonight. You can have a new life now. God wants to give you a new life. It hasn't been working real well, but God says, come to me, you need me. And so tonight is an opportunity, uh, as Matt said, there's no condemnation, but tonight's an opportunity to profess with your mouth, Jesus, I need you. Some of you online, but some of you here, and I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer to profess that now and say, God, I actually need you. I need you. So I just almost beg you in a way, please don't delay that if you know deep within your heart, you need to do this. I beg you that you would do it because the Word of God says that those who profess with their mouth, they will not be put to shame. So I pray in this moment that you might do that. Father, I know that you're at least speaking to one. Someone online right now says, I need a new life. There's someone here in this auditorium that says, I I need a new life. And if that's you tonight, I just wanna lead you in a prayer, just in your head and in your heart. God, I need you. I've tried to do this life on my own, but I need you and I recognise that now. So in this moment, I wanna thank you for dying for me. I wanna thank you for dying and taking the punishment for my sin. Thank you for rising again, overcoming death. I want you to be Lord and Saviour of my life. I want you to fill me now with your Holy Spirit. And I wanna follow you all the days of my life. I wanna know your will and I wanna obey it. And I want you to be Lord and Saviour in my life right now. In Jesus' Name, Amen. And all of heaven celebrates and all we celebrate as well. So let's sing one more time. Let's worship our great God one more time. He's worthy. He's worthy.
Father, it is the powerful name of Jesus. No other name, no other name can be saved than the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father God. I, I just know someone responded to you tonight, Father, and we just thank you for that. And I just pray. It's interesting because just praying this before, great God, we, uh, we want to live wholeheartedly. We want you to be Lord of our lives, great God. Hearing your voice and obeying you, walking and following you wholeheartedly, great God. And uh, Lord, I, I just believe that when there's a people that are following you, an individual that's following you wholeheartedly, you do extraordinary things in and through their lives. There's nothing else that we need, nothing else. We need you, great God. We just declare that afresh this very night. And so, great God, uh, use us this week as we, as we endeavour to seek your heart, to seek your will, take on your character, great God. I just pray that you'd use us this week, great God. It's inevitable. That's what's gonna happen. It's what's gonna happen. And so we thank you for that. We thank you so much. We love you, God. We worship you and we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So good to have you here tonight. So great to have you online as well. Uh, God bless you. If you want prayer, uh, don't miss that opportunity. We'd love to pray for you. That's really important. Uh, but God bless you, whatever you're doing this week. Feel free to hang around, grab some dinner, catch up, whatever you wanna do.